What are the secrets of those extraordinary individuals that have achieved extraordinary success? Listen to their stories, discover their knowledge bursts, make those connections. Get ready. It's time to start moving forward. Hey, John Lim here. We're moving forward today with Doberman Dan. He's a serial entrepreneur, three-time international best-selling author, and A-list copywriter. You can learn more at his website, DobermanDan.com. How are you today, Dan? I am doing great, John. Been looking forward to this. So just oh, let me say here. up front, thank you for inviting me. Oh, no, thank you. It's a pleasure. I, I am so excited to have you on the show. I've got to start off by asking you, how did you come up with the branding Doberman Dan? <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. Well, I was going to say, I didn't try to do this. It was a joke. I signed <laughs> off on an article with that as a joke. I, I wrote about my Doberman being in great shape. He was he was a puppy and lean and and gotten a fight with this big bulky Rottweiler. Oh, so no. I wrote this, I used to write for the bodybuilding market. So mm -hmm. I wrote this article about, oh, you know, I, I realized at that point, you know, that I had become the Rottweiler too, too, too much pizza, too much beer, you know, this bulky looking power lifter, fat gut. And I needed to get back in shape and become the Doberman again. I signed off as quote unquote Doberman Dan. And then guys picked up on it. Um, Bob Kennedy, a publisher of Muscle Mag International, former uh, client and friend of mine, started calling me that. Guys in the in that niche started wow. calling me that. So it just stuck. And still, you know, to this day, whatever that's been, I don't know, 18, 20, 20 years later, it's still stuck. Oh, that's fantastic. I mean, that must have been such a surprise. And it's it's one of the best surprises where, where your branding kind of finds you as opposed to you searching for it. Well, if I, if I had a last name like Lim, it, it's, it's easy to pronounce, easy to spell, uh, you know, I that would be great. My last name is Gallopu, which is some the immigration people screwed up a French name. It's and so it's just weird. And I was teased incessantly about it all through school. <laughs> I've always been self-conscious about that last name. So when everybody started calling me Doberman Dan, I'm first time like, yeah, yeah, well, I don't know. Then I thought, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, now I don't have to use my last name anymore, which people can't remember, spell, pronounce, but everybody remembers Doberman Dan. So it like solved multiple problems. Yeah. Well, you got to be careful about those easy last names. Do you know how many times people call me Jim? It's my biggest pet peeve. They just merge my first initial and last name. And I like that you have such a clear, clear moniker. But uh, Dan, thank you so much for coming on. So tell us your story. I mean, I only gave a little bit in that intro. Tell us a little bit about your background and how you became an entrepreneur. Uh, I, I, pure dumb luck, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I, I had no, no career planning, grew up in a, in Barberton, Ohio, a mm -hmm. blue collar town where pretty much your fate is usually determined for you, which is those of us who weren't fortunate to go to college, uh, went to work at one of the rubber companies in okay. Akron right next door which used to be the rubber capital of the world. And that was pretty much, that was, that was what people up in that area did. So I, you know, I had no career guidance. I bounced around from job to job, took a job in, in loss prevention at a 
a, de- a regional department store, which is you look out for shoplifters. Met some of the cops. Right. So some of my coworkers said, "Hey, let's let's uh, the city of Dayton, Ohio, is giving a, a test for civil uh, a civil service test for police officer. Let's take it." And here was my big career planning at the time. My response was, "Oh yeah, I'm off that day. I don't have anything else to do. I'll mm-hmm. go take that test with you." And and I told him, I'll take a test. I just want to see how I'll do on a civil service test. But if they ever call me for in for an interview, as soon as they ask about drug use, I'll be disqualified Uh-oh. because I was a I was a rock musician all through high school playing out in bands. So smoked a lot of weed. Mm-hmm. And long story short, the police department didn't care about that. They they just cared that I was honest about it mm-hmm. and hired me. So I got on the Dayton Police Department and quickly realized, well, I don't want to stay here the rest of my life, but didn't know what else to do. Mm. Uh, even though I still wanted to be a full-time musician, um, I like sleeping indoors and eating somewhat regularly mm-hmm. and was not able to do that in the music business. So... Uh, Somebody introduced me to the Amway business, <laughs> ah, <laughs> which okay, yes, a, yeah. a lot of people get hit up for that. Mm-hmm. But I failed at that. But at least it started me on the path to believing that hey, you know, a guy like me actually could start his own business. So, so first three years on the police department, I was a full time cop, and then the last nine, I was there twelve years total. The last nine, full time cop part-time failed entrepreneur. I kept trying to start all these different businesses, mm-hmm. none of which ever made any money or got off the ground. Yeah, They just lost a lot of money. I lost a lot of time and was depressed and miserable mm. and felt like a loser. But finally, at the end of those nine years, I discovered direct response marketing through Dan Kennedy. Mm-hmm. And I used that to start a mail order business in the bodybuilding niche. Oh, wow. With, okay. yeah, self-produced info products. And then later that led to a supplement business. And it was that business that was after nine long years of serial failures, that was the first business that was successful. And about a year later, it was successful enough to allow me to leave the police department. And so, and that's what I've been doing ever since now, 20, 23 years, I guess, is using direct response marketing uh, to start various businesses in different niches, all driven with my own copy. And, uh, and then I've, I recently, 2012, I also started hiring myself out as a, as a hired gun copywriter for other businesses. Fantastic. So that's, that's the quickie. Re- and for our listeners, for Dan, what is, I mean, what's the simplest definition of direct response marketing? I think if they have not heard the term, most people have seen it. If you've been on a website that has some words talking about a product and what it does and then asks you to either click here to get more information or click here to purchase the product, that is direct response marketing as opposed to like uh, let's say brand marketing or institutional advertising, which is like the Goodyear blimp is a great example of institutional advertising or, you know, a full page ad you might see in some magazine that has a, a, a big picture of the moon, one word of copy that says something like dream, you know, and then underneath it mentions something about a Ford Taurus. And it doesn't ask you to do anything. It's just advertising that 
they hope to keep the product in front of you that so one day if you if you need tires, you're going to feel good about Goodyear because you saw their blend as opposed to advertising that actually asks you to take an action. Yeah. Yep. And I've got to ask you, Dan, I mean, nine years is a long time to be grinding it out as, as a sidepreneur while you're working a really, really demanding full-time job as a, as a police officer. What kept you in it? I mean, a, a lot of people may have just, you know, given up along the way, usually within year one, two or three, but nine years until you hit that big success. What kept you going? So I think any sane person should have stopped after the first year because, I mean, there just that first year alone, there were three to four business failures and then the same <laughs> all those years after that. So I have to say probably mental illness of some oh, sort gosh. because <laughs> who in their right mind would want to go through all that misery? No, I mean, the real answer was I, I, I had – I had a really bad mindset. Mm. And so that was probably looking back, that was probably the problem why all those businesses failed. That was the number one problem. Not knowing about marketing was a biggie too, but yeah. I really wanted out of what I was doing, nothing against police work. The mm -hmm. first few years it was, it was rewarding, even though it was not anything I ever really wanted to do. But you know, I saw the fruit on that tree uh, which was if somebody made it their full career, which back then it was 25 years. Right. And you were able to take a service pension. 68% were dead within five years Ooh, or less. Gosh, wow. Problem is most people never made it to a service pension. Most people always left because of some sort of mental disability or physical disability. So I knew that the future did not look bright <laughs> there and I just really felt I was really unhappy in that job. Yeah. I really felt like this is not a match for me. My my skill set, my my desires. And I really wanted something to give me the freedom. I didn't want somebody dictating my schedule. I wanted to make the same income I was making as a cop, but on a lot less hours so I could go pursue the things that I truly am passionate about, like, yeah. like the music business, but not, but not have to do the music business to make money. And yeah. that was the whole goal. Yeah. And yeah. I just, you know, other people had done it. And even though I had a really poor self image, I just knew that if some other human being had done it, I could do it. And, and that's why I didn't quit in spite of the fact that, you know, that was a real, it was really discouraging and depressing and probably yeah. the most challenging time in my life. Yeah. Uh, but that leads me into my next question. So, Dan, you obviously stuck it out. You've built up uh, tremendous success. You have achieved a lot of what you what drove you to persevere during those nine years. So today, as we're speaking in 2018, what would you say is your big why? I have this, I don't know what you want to call it, some sort of evangelical mm -hmm. motivation uh, to encourage people as entrepreneurs, really to encourage people who want to pursue anything for our autonomy reasons. Like a lot of, a lot of people, they, they like copywriting and they feel that as a copywriter, as a freelance copywriter, they can have a lot more autonomy in their lives than say a regular corporate job or people who, you know, want to become entrepreneurs. And, uh, and I feel like, 
I, I really enjoy encouraging them because, you know, we are a vilified bunch. We are, uh, depends on who you talk to. We are either heroes or the most hated people in America. And so I like to be one of the people who's a champion uh, for entrepreneurs. And, and I, I guess that's, that's my big why. I do, I do like writing copy. Like I said, I, I occasionally make myself available as a hired gun. When it's something really unique, a product or service that I really leave in, Yeah, I do enjoy doing that. But I guess my biggest why is uh, I have a membership – uh, and, and publishing business specifically for entrepreneurs and to encourage entrepreneurship. So, so that's my biggest why right there. I mean, this, this rescued me yes. from a life of quiet desperation and a life that probably, you know, it, it probably would end my life early and I would have mm. been miserable the entire time. So, so it's my big why to do what I can to encourage people to rescue them from the same. Yeah, absolutely. And that actually leads me to my next question, Dan. So as we're speaking today, what do you think is your biggest challenge in accomplishing that big why? Hmm. <laughs> Myself. Uh, <laughs> we'll expand on that a little um, bit. So I, I guess my my biggest challenge has been – entrepreneurs see opportunity everywhere mm-hmm. and instead of focusing on something and, and I, and I get excited about certain projects and I take on certain projects. And at this point, yeah, I mean, there's fun and there's lots of opportunities and lots of things I can pursue, which, you know, my goals and, and vision is a little different now. Like, could I, build a pretty cool business for myself and, and make money with different opportunities for myself. Well, yeah, I could, but then I have to take a step, step back and think, now, wait a minute. So that take, that takes time away from focusing on my membership, my Mm -hmm. program for entrepreneurs, which I affectionately call the marketing Camelot. And then I have to think about what is the bigger picture here? Yeah. Because if I focus on the marketing Camelot and, and encourage and grow entrepreneurs, well, that affects the world exponentially more than me building another business for myself. So it has taken me quite a bit of time, John, sadly, <laughs> to come to that realization that that's the biggest payoff item Yeah. as opposed to continually pursuing opportunities just for myself is to focus on building that. So, so that's the focus for me now. And that's what I'm most excited about. That's a big challenge, I think, for any entrepreneur, especially, I mean, if you do get excited by ideas. So Dan, uh, I I mean, I'm so glad you brought that up. So what keeps you focused and what are some of the things that you're doing daily to make sure that you're really focused on that bigger picture, that bigger why? I have never been, I've never claimed to be the most ambitious guy in the world, nor the most disciplined. Um, I can be just a downright lazy slob at times and unmotivated. And I can allow myself to just get away with crap that I shouldn't. So as simple as this is going to sound and as pragmatic as this is, it's just just doing the work. And the way I make sure I keep doing that is I, 
I have to make appointments with myself. Like if you look at my calendar, you'll see all these different blocked out times. And those are appointments with other people. Those are appointments with myself because uh, what I'm yeah. worried about, if I don't make like, I know I got to work on that, like my newsletter, for example. So I know I got to work on that so much per month to get it done. And if I just start out the month thinking, well, hey, I got the whole month, I'll, you know, do it here and there. I'm afraid I'll slack off. So I literally make appointments with myself between these hours. I'm working on this between these hours. I'm working on this. And I know that sounds like brain dead stupid, but that works for me. Now, and that keeps me that's disciplined. Huge. And, actually, I think that's know, actually a really good I've tried good it practice. the other way. Yeah. And unfortunately, the time slips away if I don't do it, Yeah, you know, and then it can a, a month can pass. And I'm looking at like, what the heck happened, man? Why Why am I behind on everything? Yeah, I think that's a great, great share. And really, I, I actually think that that's a practice that a lot of moving forward listeners may benefit from, including myself. I mean, make appointments with yourself. So really, really cool. Well, Dan, you've already shared one great knowledge first. So are you ready to share a couple more? Sure. I'll, All right. I'll give it a shot. All right. So we're going to move into the knowledge burst session. So one of the titles of your books is Just Sell the Damn Thing. And I think it's a great title. Can you distill what the philosophy is and share with our listeners one tip from that book that you think can help them move forward or grow their businesses? Oh, sure. I'd be glad to. So uh, marketing online. I've been, I've been marketing online in, in consumer markets. My, my first consumer market was the bodybuilding market. I sold information products online and sold nutritional products online starting back in 96. I mean, things were a lot different then. And the online marketing model has gone through a lot of different phases. And, and one of the phases was, so you get people into your world by giving away something free, mm -hmm. uh, whatever, free report, free PDF, free audio, free video, and just keep sending these messages and giving them continual content until they come to the point where they're ready to buy. And that was a pretty good model to follow for a while. Now, not so much mm. uh, for a lot of reasons. I'm just seeing... Cost per acquisition, I've never seen it higher. It's higher in, across all media, but I've, it's, I've never seen it higher online than it is now and con continuing to creep hmm. higher and higher. And so that model is not working like it used to in a lot of different markets, um, especially in some of the bigger markets. So – one of my clients, for example, Agora Financial, they have not been able to make that free opt-in model work since about 2010. Okay. And they've got the deep enough pockets that they could afford to go negative on their customer acquisition for 12 months. Mm -hmm. And let me define that. That means they can lose money to acquire a customer and not have to make that money back for 12 months. They had the cash, they had the cash reserves to do that. But even having that much money as of 2010, they, they could no longer make that model work. They yeah. had to go to what I affectionately call the just sell the damn thing model, which is no more opt-ins. It's here's the offer, whatever that offer is, buy this newsletter subscription for $49 and, um, 
and several of my most other successful clients either have abandoned the, the opt-in model or never did it in the first place mm. and grown crazy fast. One going from zero to making the Forbes 500 fastest growing businesses in the country within their first two and a half years. So, so my philosophy is that a list of buyers is exponentially more value than just a list of freebie seekers and, and people giving people things for free, as I explain in my book, totally sabotages the entire positioning and psychology. It's all, it's, it's, it's all based on studies done by a, a professor at Harvard, Harvard business school, Francesca Gino. And so simply by asking them to pay something from the beginning, just it vastly increases the value of that list. And now, now free is ubiquitous mm-hmm. on yes. the internet. It's overwhelming. Yeah, it's saturated. Free means yeah. nothing. Yeah. A free something has reached its inevitable value, which is nothing. Yeah. Nobody places value on free. And, and what does that say about you uh, as your first interaction with a potential customer that you place no value on your proprietary intellectual property that you're giving it away. So, so my, what I'm proposing in my book is as soon as possible, offer something. So you call the cream of the crop, the buyers off the list. And, and I am suggesting you do that ASAP and and I provide various ways to do it. You can do it with just asking for the sale, no opt-ins whatsoever. And there's a way to do it with an opt-in and yet still immediately ask for a sale. I'm just not seeing that model effective anymore. The model that says, well, we got to give something away free and then spend days, weeks, months building a relationship. Let me tell you, your time is so much better invested building a relationship with a list of buyers. Ah. Yes, great, great share, Dan. Well, speaking of which, building a business takes a lot of time. And you talked about this challenge earlier of prioritizing and making sure you're getting things done for the month. So I'm excited to ask you, what is a favorite tool that you use? It could be an app, a website, or a resource, or a productivity practice that's really been proven to be helpful to you. I'm a pretty simple guy, so my favorite it started out as just a simple sand timer. So you oh, turn yeah, it upside down yeah, yeah. and the sand falls, uh-huh. which somebody sent me in a direct mail piece is like a little grabber to get my attention. But now I've upgraded, I've upgraded to this countdown timer that I have on my on my Mac. And I set it for 33 minutes and 33 seconds. Not that there's any significance to that whatsoever, it's just the guy I learned this technique from, a copywriter named Eugene Schwartz, that was the time period he used because he was an expert in all, all kinds of learning techniques. And he said that he felt like that was the maximum period of time that you could just completely focus and immerse yourself on something. So he used to set an egg timer for 33 minutes, 33 seconds. And it, count, and it would count down and whatever activity he was working on at the time, he had to give it his full focus for that period of time. There was no getting up to get a drink of water. There was no 
you know, checking this or nowadays it would be no checking your text messages, no checking your email and setting that countdown timer just forces me like I know, okay, I got to focus on this and that you'd be surprised at how much you can accomplish in 33 minutes. So, so that's been like a pretty big secret for me. That's worked out really well. Oh, fantastic. Great share. Well, Dan, I'm excited to ask you. So, you know, life is all about making choices. So what is one small activity or choice that you're going to make today to move forward? Oh, that's a good question. One choice I'm going to make today is I am going to plan out my calendar for the next month. I've been doing it by the week here lately. You know, I told you about that, making appointments with myself. I have temporarily bitten off a bit more than I can chew, I guess. Mm -hmm. And so... I'm going to sit down later today and plan out the whole month and actually make appointments with myself for the whole month as opposed to doing it weekly simply because, you know, the workload has increased. Oh, that's fantastic. Hey, Moving Forward listeners, you can find links to many of the books and resources mentioned by today's guest, along with offers to try out Audible and Amazon Prime. These are affiliate links for which I receive a small commission, which helps the podcast and is greatly appreciated. You can find these on the write-up for today's episode at bemovingforward.com. Well, Dan, are you ready to do a little time travel? Sure, I'd love to. All right, we're going to step into a time machine. So speaking of planning things out, so you talked about 30 days. We're going to step ahead five years from now. You're going to meet your future self. Tell me, who is Doberman Dan in five years? (laughs) I've been thinking about this a lot lately. Uh, So I told you I wanted to be a musician. Mm -hmm. That dream simply won't die, John. Oh, that's uh, I released uh, my own CD of original music about a year and a half ago, and I'm working on my second oh, one. Congratulations. Thank you. So in five years, I see that being more of my focus, and I see, I see myself a, a much better guitarist, and I see that almost becoming a part-time business in itself, time commitment-wise. I really have no expectation nor need of that making money especially since i chose jazz as my genre oh, like that's great you can pretty much forget making money with that <laughs> um and i see that being a, a much bigger part of my life and and probably client work few and far between and still uh marketing my marketing camelot being the focus of my of my business life. Again, for all those reasons we talked about, I want to yeah. encourage entrepreneurs. I want to be their, their champion and their encourager. I love it. Fantastic. Well, Dan, how can our listeners connect with you and learn all about the great work that you're doing? My main site is at dobermandan.com and there are plenty of articles up there about well, it's about entrepreneurship, but that that covers a broad list of topics. So there is a lot of marketing stuff, copywriting stuff, and a lot of mindset stuff as yeah. far as the what I feel is the mindset required to be an entrepreneur. And I think they should observe the process on that site 
and see that I eat my own cooking. Yeah. There is an <laughs> That's a great way there, of putting it. <laughs> but I think <laughs> I think they'll find it very interesting what happens after they opt in because it is not the typical opt in nor is it the model that most online marketers are teaching you. Oh, but but if, if even if they don't want to opt in, that's totally fine. I get it. I, I don't always want to opt in and start getting emails from people. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so even even if that's the case, there's plenty of articles on there. And I also do my own podcast. If they want to check it out, it's called Off the Chain with Doberman Dan. And you can find it on iTunes or on offthechainshow.com. Perfect. We'll have all of that linked in the write-up. Well, Dan, I'd love to have you close out the show. So share some parting wisdom for our Moving Forward listeners. Don't give up. Mm. It's just a process. And getting from A to B is never a straight line. Yes. You're going to make mistakes. So just start making them right now and don't give up because you will get to be if you follow that advice. I love it. Thank you so much, Dan. I want to thank you also for taking the time out of your schedule to join us today to share that extraordinary story and some incredible knowledge bursts so that our listeners can move forward. Thank you so much, Dan. Thank you, John. I appreciate it. I had a great time. Uh, Likewise. And Moving Forward listeners, check it out one more time, bemovingforward.com. Follow us on social at bemovingforward on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter. Join us next Tuesday for another extraordinary guest. Have a great week. And remember, always be moving forward. Now it's time for you to move forward and unlock the extraordinary in you. Moving Forward is produced by John Lim and Bali Solutions, LLC. All rights reserved.